You are listening to the Happier at Work podcast, and I'm your host, Aoife O'Brien. This is the podcast for HR and business leaders. We talk about things like leadership, well-being at work, diversity and inclusion, and the future of work. Like we are not machines. We actually need to re-energize ourselves. And if we invest in doing that, it comes back into work in a better way. And then you can apply the time that you have to direct that energy towards the work that matters. Hello and welcome to today's episode of the Happier at Work podcast. I know you're going to love the session today. It's a topic that is so relatable for so many people. It's the idea of productivity and what productivity actually means and how we can be more productive. Today's guest is Neve Brady, who is a productivity coach. She's the creator of a Better Workday program and author of Remote Working Essentials. Neve's interest in productivity began with her first job after college. She received a phone and a laptop, but no advice on how to manage her time and effort. With over 14 years of industry experience in the technology sector and a young family, she has experienced the challenges of achieving work-life balance firsthand. Today, Neve is committed to making the information and tools to improve productivity available to every professional who is striving to improve how they work and live. Her mantra is everyone deserves a better workday. Absolutely love that. You are going to love the conversation I have with Neve today. It's so full of energy, lots of tips and, and challenging the status quo on how we think about productivity. It's not just about time and how much time we have. As always, I will do a synopsis of the key points at the end of the podcast. Stay tuned for that. Some of the key takeaways that we talked about and some of the action steps that you can start to take straight away as a result of listening to this podcast today. I would love for you to connect with me on social media. Let me know what you think of today's podcast episode. You will find me on Instagram, happieratwork.ie. You will also find me on LinkedIn, Aoife O'Brien, A-O-I-F-E-O-B-R-I-E-N. I hope you enjoy today's episode. So welcome, Neve, to the Happier at Work podcast. I'm absolutely delighted to have you on the show today. And I'm so, so looking forward to our conversation. I can't wait to get stuck in. Do you want to give listeners a little bit of a flavor about who you are and what you do and kind of what brought you to where you are today? So my name is Neve Brady. And quite simply, I help people to create a better workday. I am a productivity coach and I also run workshops and I'm a professional speaker. So I challenge you to think differently about work and I teach people new ways to manage their time, energy and attention. And I really got into this area as a result of my own experience in climbing the ladder and building my own career over the past 10 to 14 years. I had burned out myself multiple times and every time I learned a new productivity hack or trick, I used it just to work more, work more rather than take care of myself. And at some point in my career, Younger people coming up in the organisation started coming to me for advice. And when I realised I was being a role model for others, I had to take a step back and say, is this the culture I want to create? Is this the workday that we want the next generation to have? And so A Better Workday was born from all of my experience in industry, productivity and, of course, that well, well-being focus overall. 
So yeah, that's me. Yeah, I love that. And I can so relate. Certainly when I was back in corporate, one of the things that I was most interested in learning more about and reading about was this whole idea of productivity. And interestingly, it kind of centers around exactly what you've said. It's how to get more stuff done rather than how to look after my well-being. And it was looking at like what day of the week is best to do client work versus meetings versus all of this other stuff or um, what what um, what, you know, things about the time of day that you work and things like understanding the difference between larks and owls and something else that I wanted to to bring up was that some previous podcasts um, we've talked about the four day week and the five hour work day. So like all of that stuff contributes to being able to work, I think, more efficiently in doing more work in, in less time. And that's what what it's about rather than being productive so that you can get more stuff done in the same amount, if not more time. Yeah, but like what interesting about what you're saying there, Aoife, is you're all about time. You know, what is the best time of day and the best time of the week, early bird, night owl, four day work week. That's all about time. Yes. But instead of talking about time, we should really be asking ourselves, do we have the the energy yes, to do things? Yes, yeah, yeah. Because it doesn't matter if you're on a four day week or a five day week or a five hour day or an eight hour day. Yeah. If you aren't working on the right things and if you aren't looking after yourself overall, you won't be productive. Yeah. You might do a lot of work and the time will pass, but you won't get the right stuff done. So yeah. you need to be asking yourself, do I not have enough energy to do this? And how can I get more energy rather than more time? Does that yes. make sense? Yeah, absolutely. 100%. And you've caught me out there talking about all that time stuff. And I think I was very much focused on that when I worked in corporate. It was all about the time. And since then, I've learned more about this idea, this idea of the energy management and and what you didn't explicitly say there, but what you kind of mentioned was like doing the right stuff. So it's priority yeah. management as well and, and making sure that you know what the right things are that you should be working on, whether you're a manager, whether you're an individual contributor, like knowing what those right things actually are, what's going to, you know, to use a bit of the lingo, what's going to move move the dial on the business, what's going to move the dial on your objectives or, or the strategy for the business. And that is something that's coming up time and time again, actually, as people become very focused on personal productivity, especially over the last 18 months when people working from home, they're trying to measure their productivity more, I suppose, to get rid of that work from home guilt a little bit and to prove their value. Yeah. But the risk that's there is that if the needle isn't clear or if the dial isn't clear, how do you know you're working on the right things and how do you know that you're doing the right things to get there? So really, when we're talking about productivity at a human level, we need to start looking at the goals and the clarity around what work is to be done. Yes. Because otherwise, it doesn't matter really how hard you work, you might still be pedaling off in in the wrong direction. And that really is one of the main causes of people coming into a workaholic cycle as well, because they just don't know when they're finished. Um, And I always say that, the biggest problem knowledge workers have is not knowing when the job is done. Yeah. And you won't know and you won't know if you've been productive if you don't have, if everybody isn't looking at the same needle on the same dial. <laughs> yeah. You, you know? won't find any arguments from me there, Neve. That's so, so important about this idea of glo- goals and clarity. And it is something that came up on the four day week podcast is, you know, 
some of the questions that Andrew Barnes was getting around how to transition to this idea of four day work week. And, it, and people asked him, well, how do you measure productivity? And his question, I suppose, that he posed back to them was, well, if you don't know that, then like, how are you measuring productivity currently? You know, what is it that you're actually focusing on? So it's it's turning it back on the person who's actually asking and saying, well, you know, then it's, it becomes this busy work, you know, it becomes this these things that people are without that sense of clarity. They don't know what they should be working on and and they're just kind of creating work for themselves. And, you know, I don't think you explicitly said it, but that could be something as well that leads to burnout because they don't know when to stop. They don't know when that job is actually done. Yeah, or they don't feel that they can stop. So they might think that it's done, but they're not sure. And to your point, an awful lot of the work is work about work, you know, so that's meetings to decide what work to do, um, reviewing your work to see if it's done, waiting on an email to approve your work. It's a lot of work about work. Yeah. And that takes up an awful lot of time. It takes up an awful lot of our energy and that eats into your productivity. Whereas if you're clear from the outset and if you're very clear in terms of what the expectations are, then you get rid of an awful lot of that and just spend your time in a better way yeah, um, and leave more time for what's valuable both at work and at home, you know? Yeah. Any thoughts? Because, you know, this is what we're talking about, the goals, the clarity and setting clear expectations. Any thoughts on why the expectations are not clear to begin with? You know, I think it's because people rush, funnily enough. Um, a lot of people today work in a very fast paced way you will see that people try to replace their emails straight away they try to launch new products straight away they try to make that first big milestone straight away because we're in that culture so if we don't take time to really understand why we're doing it what good really looks like then we won't be able to set the expectation you know if we rush that piece we're not going to be able to, to manage the expectation and another bit of it, to be honest with you, Aoife, is I think often the people setting the goals lie to themselves okay. about what they think can be done, which is yeah. human. You know, if you're excited about something, you'll be like, yes, we can do this. We can totally do this. It's going to be brilliant. I love this. And then the people who, you know, are walking out of the meeting and we're like, oh, God, how are we going to tell them we can't do this? Yes. I cast my mind back to when I worked in corporate and exactly those scenarios where there's a you're in a meeting. So that's, you know, the first thing that you're you're taking time away. You're not actually doing the work you're talking about doing the work. So you're in a meeting and you're getting fired up about this new project that's being launched or a new product that's being launched or, or whatever it might be. And you're all fired up and you're like, oh, yeah, of course, that of course, we can sell 20 of those or of course we can do this. and. And, you know, this kind of touches on some of the points in earlier podcast episodes about this, uh, the concept of psychological safety, where people don't feel safe to say, actually, I don't think that's doable. Or can we consider maybe the worst case scenario here, not to put a dampener on things, but actually can we treat this a little bit more realistically or something like that? So, yeah, when people setting the goals initially are lying to themselves or, or or they feel so wrapped up in what's going on that they just sort of go with it. Or it's it's something that's come from above, like we have to reach X amount of revenue or X amount of profit. And therefore, we need to really put a push on this, even if the other people don't necessarily buy into it. 
I, I, I think, and I'd love to get your opinion on this, I think another part of the problem is for managers to be able to translate that the um, the why that you mentioned. So like, what is the purpose of what we're doing? And also set really clear expectations as to what good looks like and to be able to do that in an effective way for the people who are working with them. What, do you have any kind of thoughts on that? Oh, there is so much in there that I'd like <laughs> to unpack. I think the first thing is that when we see goals coming from a hierarchy top down, um, quite often it comes with poor delegation. So as you know, with good delegation, you explain to why the goal that you're trying to achieve, but you leave a lot of the how, how it's done to the people who are being delegated to. Yeah. And if, if, you, if you do a lot of task delegation where you're trying to give very strict parameters for what needs to be done, you're leaving very little room for that innovation, for yeah. that There's knowledge. No that yeah. There's nothing. And, yeah. and you're leaving no room for a great idea to do it differently. Yeah. Um, so people just feel that they have to follow the script that was given rather than to, you know, improvise and come up with something great. Yeah. But that leads me to the second thing, which is at all levels of organisations, we need to be more comfortable with saying no. We need to be more comfortable with saying, if we do this, do we have to do all of it? Do we have to do it this way? Do we have to do it this week? You know, like, can we push back a little bit more? Um, and I find this a lot at uh, middle management level before leaders have gained that confidence in protecting their teams, you know, when they're just starting out at, at, at um, people management, that they're afraid to say no. So they're like, I call them caught in the middle management because they're getting all the requests from on top and they have to try and manage all the team down below. And they just can't say no to either. So it ends up creating a lot of work that maybe if they were able to push back, would not be there or maybe if they were allowed to delegate better yeah would be done in a different way does that make sense that makes total and utter sense to me Neve. and what sprung to mind when and what i jotted down there as you were talking was this idea of work boundaries and interestingly i think i learned very early on how to manage that so i feel like in my career i've always been um, I was going to say self-sufficient. That's not the word. I've, I've always been quite autonomous in that I manage my own clients. I'm not I'm not taking work from a manager necessarily. Mm -hmm. I am responsible for managing my own clients. And therefore, you know, it's so hard to say no to clients. You want to keep them yeah. pleased. And especially if you don't have someone above you to defend, if you say, no, I have too much on and I can't take on any more. Or if you're managing multiple clients and there's conflicting deadlines and all of that, like it's very difficult. But but quite early on in my career, I learned how to manage those conversations and how to have those conversations and how to push deadlines out. And if if a client asks you for more stuff above and beyond what was originally agreed to, it's it's about negotiating then. OK, so if I take on this, what what are you going to take away from this in order to be able to meet the deadline or or can we push the deadline out in order to facilitate this additional work? Um, and interestingly, I had a, a conversation with a one-to-one -one client recently about exactly this, about this idea of work boundaries and work coming both from the manager and from the client and not feeling safe enough to say, no, I actually can't cope with all of that work and just saying yes, committing to deadlines that are quite unrealistic and then just just working those long hours to make sure it gets done. Yeah, and 
I'm sure you've learned this yourself, but um, I think not everybody's comfortable doing it. A lot of the time, I think we focus too much on we can't say no. But if you think instead, in, in the example you gave, of, your, of the client, if you take on work more than you can, you can't serve your client in the way that you want to. Yeah, You can't give them the same quality, no matter how many hours you work, because as I told you at the beginning, it's not about the time, it's about the energy. You won't have the energy, so you're going to slip, make silly mistakes, not bring it to your all. Yeah. So it's not always about saying no to the client. It's about saying, I have a lot on and I won't be able to serve you properly this quarter. And I believe you deserve the best service. So I can recommend these other people who will be able to meet your needs better than I can at the moment. And what is wrong with that? Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's not about you saying no for yourself. You're saying no for them. And some people find that easier to do. Yeah. For whatever reason, but they do. Does that make? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Listeners often get in touch with me to let me know what has resonated with them when they listen to the podcast, some of the practical actions that they have taken as a result of listening. And to me, that really, really means the world because it shows that the work I'm doing is having an impact. But they also wonder how can they actually work with me on a deeper level? And that's why I wanted to share with you today. And I don't often do this. I don't often talk about the work that I do, but I'm launching a new program called Imposter to Empowered. And I would love to tell you more about it. You can go over to the website impostersyndrome.ie if you want to find out more about what imposter syndrome actually is and the steps that you can take and find out more details about the program. Imposter syndrome is that voice in your head that tells you you're not good enough, that it really holds you back from putting yourself forward from opportunities, that people will judge you and think that you're a total fraud, that you have no idea what you're talking about. But also you think that other people think that you are better than you actually are and that you somehow have pulled the wool over their eyes all this time. It can happen when things like we start a new job, we get promoted to a managerial position, we start out in our careers, or we've reached a level that we think we should feel a little bit differently. We feel like we should have it all sussed out now at this time. But that's not always the case. And this nagging feeling is still there. So with this program, it's a six week online program with interactive group coaching sessions. With this program, the aim is to identify what your imposter is saying and take some really practical steps towards managing and overcoming your inner imposter. If you want to know more, like I said, head to the website impostersyndrome.ie or feel free to reach out directly to me on LinkedIn, Aoife O'Brien. And I look forward to working with you on a deeper level to manage and overcome your inner imposter. You you brought up this idea of energy again, and and I know we touched on it at the start and we didn't go into a huge amount of detail, but I would love to to talk about that because that is something that I talk about with my clients as well, is this, this sense of energy. And what you had mentioned at the start of our conversation was kind of working on the right things. I suppose there's maybe two aspects to that. The right things being something that you feel energized doing and that you have a real strength in doing. And also, you know, what we touched on just now is this idea of the priorities within the business. 
or what else would you like to share about this idea of energy and how we can better manage our energy at work to to be more productive? Yeah, so I talk about energy a lot because if you don't look after your body and if you don't look after your mind, then you can have all the hours in the day, but you won't be motivated to get the work done, you know. So I look at it, if you can imagine in your mind, um, Aoife, a Venn diagram, and you've got time, energy and attention. Yeah. And the three are overlapping. And that little segment in the middle, that's your most productive space. So when I talk about energy, I talk about making sure that you take your breaks, that you take your holidays, that you, you know, do some of what you love during the day, that you find a way to create your boundaries to switch off in the evening so that you can recharge. Like we are not machines. We actually need to re-energize ourselves. And if we invest in doing that, it comes back into work in a better way. And then you can apply the time that you have to direct that energy towards the work that matters. And then finally, you can do some things to make sure that your attention isn't pulled in other areas so that you can really kind of keep the focus on what it is that you're doing. Um, so energy for me is really just, you know, you're showing up, feeling excited about doing work, either because of the work itself or maybe just because of the people you work with, you know, and just yeah. having that pep in your step, feeling that sense of accomplishment when you get things done, but not going so far that you burn out at the end of the day or have a mini burnout at the end of the day so you're tired the next day, a bit yeah. more sluggish, you know. So we, we do really need to mind our energy so that we can show up and um, both at work and at home. Yeah, yeah. No, that I mean, that totally resonates. And I can think back to some very specific examples where I had a client deadline looming and I was working on a big presentation for them. And I just wanted to keep keep going, keep going. And that's the temptation. And I think when you're in it, and this is the difficulty, like it's all very well to say, I know what I should be doing, but when you're actually in it, and I have been in that situation where it's like, I really can't justify taking five or 10 minutes to go for a walk and certainly not 20. But when you actually take that break, when you step away from the laptop and when you go outside and you get fresh air and you walk and you exercise, you come back so much more refreshed and so much more capable of actually completing the task within the time rather than feeling really stressed and, and trying to work in that condition. And I can relate it in my personal life as well. When I when I lived in London and I remember very clearly because it always sticks in my mind. I came home from work one evening and I was feeling jaded. I was feeling so tired and I would normally go for a run or a swim. And my flatmate at the time said, the last time this happened, you came home and you felt tired and you went out for a swim and you felt great afterwards. And just that reminder. And it was mm. like that prompted me then to be like, I'm going to go out for my swim. I don't feel like doing it. I feel so tired, but I went and I did it and I came back just feeling energised. And what's interesting about that, actually, I love that um, because I do think that the more we feel we can't take a break, the more we need the break. That yes. is when you need yeah. the break. Yeah. And isn't it true that when you're out for that walk or having that swim, that suddenly the list of things that you need to do is shortened somehow. You're like, mm. oh, actually, I could do it this way. I don't need to do all the steps. I could just yeah. do this thing instead. Your mind clears. You give yourself a chance. But to your point with the feeling after, I always recommend my clients to 
get a post-it note and put it on their 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 monitor and say, you know, um, if you know I'm stressed, then I will take a 10-minute walk and I will feel and write down how it makes you feel after you do it. So if you don't have a housemate to remind you, you can look at the post and say, oh, I do feel relaxed or I do feel energized after I walk the dogs for 15 minutes when I'm stressed. Yeah. You know, and just write it down the minute you finish the activity and put it on your monitor and leave it there as a reminder just to mind your energy during the day and take the breaks. Yeah. For me, I think it's it's not so much that the list is shorter. It I feel much more able to cope with mm. what 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 only 20 minutes previous was a really daunting list and a really stressful time. And yeah, I just feel better able to actually do it. And going back to this idea of energy as well, it's this idea of enjoying the work that you do, being happier at work, you might say, <laughs> you know, linking I'm back to my day. business, rather than feeling stressed and trying to get stuff done in a strict deadline, actually taking that break and feeling a little bit more able to cope while you're doing it. So if that resonates with people who are listening, I'd love to to kind of know and, and get your feedback on it, because maybe people have different different sensation or a different feeling when they take that break. Is it that they can prioritize better? And so some of this to do list falls away versus they feel better able to cope with everything that they have going on um, or that they can they feel better able to to manage the client or something like that. Yeah. And I do think in terms of your ability to cope better with the list, even if it is still heavy, I always use the analogy of your phone and, and you relate to this. So when we are low in energy, we're like we're on low power mode, so low battery mode on your phone. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And the phone <laughs> is dull and it moves a bit slower. Not all the apps work. And then you charge it up and like all of a sudden it's back to full brightness and all the apps are there and it can work away and it's happier at work <laughs> and yeah. it's having a better work day. So we put them both <laughs> in, but that's it, right? Because you're, you're, you're gone out of low power mode. So even yeah. if you still have a lot of things running, you now have the energy to do yeah. them. Yeah, yeah. That's a really great analogy. And I think it's one that will stick in people's minds as well. Very mm. relatable, you know, yes. <laughs> the stress, the stress that I feel when my phone goes into low battery and I have to switch on the uh, battery saving mode or whatever it might yeah. be. And I'm like, oh, my God, the stress that I'm going to. It's not so bad now that I have a new phone, but I know certainly with my last phone, it wouldn't even last a day. So <laughs> I always yeah. back back in the day when we could be out and about, I always had to have my battery pack, you know, charger in my bag. So wow. that I could charge my phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, wouldn't you wonder then how many people ask themselves, what's my personal battery percentage or yeah. am I in low power mode? Yeah. You yeah. know, like we care about our phones so much to make sure they're yeah. always charged up. How about us, you know? Yeah. So maybe that's a challenge then for listeners. Like have a think about what really gives you a little bit of an energy kick throughout the day. I know certainly for me, it would be things like going out for a walk. I do meditation, but that tends to be in the evening. I would like to introduce that more during the day. So just taking that time to switch off even for 10 minutes, get out of my head and, and kind of back into my body and understand the sensations that are going on. Laughter is a huge thing for me as well. So watching a funny show, Arrested Development, Peep Show and uh, Modern Family, I think has just, I won't say a new season because it's it's not new, but it's new on Netflix. And like that just makes me laugh out loud. And that it just diminishes all the tension I feel in my body. And I just that's something I, I enjoy thoroughly, I have to say now. 
I am delighted you mentioned laughing because the first thing that I do in all my workshops is I get everyone to stand up and start with what begins with a fake laugh but it ends in real laughter and it just completely changes the whole energy of the room and the stress just melts away. So yeah, I'm a big advocate of fun and laughter in your workday as well. And in fact, fun is one of my company values. So, yeah. Yes, same. Yeah, yeah, fun. Like it's so important. And I remember workplaces where fun was promoted, let's say, versus other ones where it wasn't so much. And I think I felt much a much greater sense of belonging when I worked in companies where fun was kind of a, a little bit more available, let's say, <laughs> within, yeah. the, within the organization. Neve, is there anything else that you'd like to share in relation to productivity and maybe some steps that people can take, whether they're managers, whether they're, they're employees? Yeah, so I think just for everyone who is feeling a bit overwhelmed, whether that's for five minutes or unfortunately for some people, maybe throughout the whole week, I would say just take five minutes to stand back and ask yourself, if I could do nothing else today, what could I do? And that really helps you to prioritise the single most important thing. And if you're a manager, you can ask the same of your team. You know, if they all had to go home at 10.30 with no internet access, what would you get them to work on first? You know, and again, that really brings us back to the clarity of the goals and understanding what our expectations are. I would say to everyone to try and fit in more micro breaks, five to 10 minutes. You mentioned getting out for a walk there, even if and, and their listeners can't see my home office, but I've got plants here. So even if I can't get out, I can still turn off my screen and just chill out here with the nature inside for a few minutes. Yeah. And the final thing I'd say around productivity is track your progress. Give yourself the pat on the back all day long as you go along. When you complete a task, acknowledge that you've completed it and then move on to your next one. Give yourself pause and time to actually say, yeah, I did a good job there. And for those who are feeling completely unmotivated and they are allergic to work, they are not happier at work and they're not having a good work day. I would say, ignore the to-do list and ask yourself instead, who can I help today? Yeah. Because if you focus on who you're helping rather than the task, you will have a better day. Yeah. So that's it really. Um, they're kind of like a roundup of my end-to-end productivity, well-being tips, if, if that works for you, Aoife. Yeah, no, that is, that's brilliant. And interestingly about the focus on um, who you're helping, or, or I kind of phrase it as focus on who you're serving, who benefits yeah. from you doing the work. That is one of the kind of tricks that I use when it comes to imposter syndrome as well. So if you're feeling like an imposter, then it's focusing not on you and holding yourself back, but but who benefits from you showing up in the world or who doesn't get the benefit if you don't show up in the world. So it's it's interesting that it comes into motivation as well when you're feeling like exactly as you said, allergic to work. I haven't heard that word in a while, but uh, yeah, <laughs> I love that. The question I ask everyone who comes on the podcast, what makes you happier at work? What makes me happy at work is when I get to see newer people in the company or people who are rising up really achieving their potential. I love that when I just see people come up with their ideas and perform fantastically. And to be able to help those people in any small way is what makes me happy at work. Love that. And you're doing it. 
yeah <laughs> in in yeah. both aspects of what you do so that's brilliant and if people would like to reach out and connect with you and find out a bit more what's what's the best way they can do that yeah so you'll find me first of all my website at neofbrady.com and for anyone who's not Irish, you'll put that in the show notes, right? Yeah, exactly. And, yeah, yeah. And same yeah. with myself. I have to spell my name all the time so I can yeah. totally empathise with that. So check the show notes for my website. And um, you'll also see me on LinkedIn and on Instagram at, at me of Brady Coach. So you can see me there to keep up to date with my one-to-one coaching, uh, my workshops and my speaking engagements. Brilliant. Love that. Thank you so much for your time today, Neve. I absolutely loved our chat. Like I said at the start, something I'm so interested in, something I'm so excited to talk about. And it's it, it is something that impacts on everyone. Like it's not just kind of exclusive to a certain sector or exclusive to a certain type of employee, but I think it's it applies in all aspects of our life as well as work. Yeah, absolutely. And listen, it was a pleasure to be here and I hope that those listening even do one thing differently to be happier at work as a result of listening to this. So brilliant. Thank you. That was Neve Brady from A Better Work Day. I absolutely loved that conversation with Neve. I think we really sort of bounced off each other. Really, really enjoyed that today and definitely challenged my thinking or at least my previous thinking. And I hope she challenged your thinking as well. Now, before I go into a summary of some of the key points that we discussed on the podcast today, I would love to know what you think. Tag me on social media at happieratwork.ie on Instagram or connect with me on LinkedIn. Let me know what you thought of the podcast. Aoife O'Brien, A-O-I-F-E-O-B-R-I-E-N. So some of the key points that we touched on, or at least where we started, was this idea of productivity being about time, energy and attention. And Neve mentioned as she climbed the corporate ladder, she was learning more and more about these productivity hacks and tricks. And the idea, and I can totally relate to this, the idea being that if you can learn to master something and do it more quickly, then you can actually take on more work. So the idea being that you can get more work done in less time rather than looking after your own well-being, which leads to burnout. So you're getting more and more work done, but actually you're not focusing on your energy. You're not focusing on your your own well-being and eventually that will lead to burnout. We spoke about energy being this idea of working on the right things and doing the right stuff. And that ties in with the idea of really knowing what the right stuff is to work on. And if you don't know what that right stuff is, then maybe it's time to start figuring it out, taking that time to think, asking the right questions. Is there someone else that you need to consult with to figure out what are the right things that are going to make the difference in your objectives, in your strategy, in your business? So what are those right things? We spoke as well about this idea of working from home guilt. And I know certainly when I worked in corporate and I was doing the one day a week working from home, there was always this guilt associated with, oh, people are, are going to think I'm not doing any work. And I essentially ended up working way, way more. And because you're not being distracted when you're working from home, you can get so much more done, but you still feel really guilty because you think there's this perception that because people can't see you working, that you're not actually doing anything. We spoke about this idea of goals and clarity and having that real sense of clarity about what it is that you are supposed to be doing. 
I love the analogy that Neve used, which was pedaling in the wrong direction. So you don't know when the job is actually done. So you just keep going and going and going. There's no clear idea of when to actually stop or you don't feel like you can stop. You feel like you need to keep going. We spoke about the the, the kind of the meaningless things that that happen sometimes around this idea of meetings and waiting for other people to review your work or waiting on emails to come through. And the importance and, you know, I've mentioned this many, many times on the podcast, the importance of setting clear expectations, especially if you are a leader, especially if you are a people manager, setting those clear expectations for your team will really pay dividends in the end. We spoke about this idea of people rushing and in being in such a fast paced environment, wanting to reply to emails straight away. But when it comes to expectations, it's about taking a step back and understanding like the why, like what is the purpose of this business? What is it that we are trying to achieve here? Setting clear expectations around what good really looks like. Sometimes when we are setting the goals, we lie to ourselves thinking that we can achieve way more than what we can actually achieve. And we touched on this idea of psychological safety, where sometimes people are afraid to speak up and say, actually, I don't think we're going to be able to achieve that because the environment hasn't been created where people can speak up and challenge the status quo. And sometimes when the goals are coming from the top, there's poor delegation. And this leads to inefficiency, generally speaking, within the business anyway. And then sometimes when tasks are delegated, they're delegated in such a way that there's no autonomy for the person to to be creative, to have their own sort of innovation or their own way of doing things, which is very, very demotivating. We talked about saying no at all levels and being comfortable saying no. And the idea for me is, is, is creating work boundaries, especially for new people managers and when they have difficulty then defending their team from work that's actually coming their way. The shift in perspective then in relation to saying no, something that Neve mentioned really resonated, this idea of you can't serve the client to the same level of quality if you take on additional work that you don't really have time to do. We spoke then kind of full circle around this idea of energy. So looking after your body and your mind, taking holidays, taking breaks, doing something you really love, re-energizing ourselves then by doing something that we're really passionate about. Our attention is about keeping focus and not getting distracted on things that we're not really supposed to be doing. Ways to build up our own energy then is through the work itself, doing work that you really, really enjoy. It's from the people around you and it's also from this sense of accomplishment. So recognizing the achievements that you've had, even if they are only small achievements in a day. So you've ticked an item off your to-do list or you've completed a major project. I love this really simple hack that Neve has as well about sticking a post-it note. I'm a huge fan of post-it notes generally, but sticking a post-it note onto your desk or onto your laptop that says, if I am, and then insert the default emotion that you feel or the default state that you go to. In the example that we shared, it was, if I am stressed, I will take. And then the action that you're going to take if you feel that way. So it could be a walk, it could be a, a break or a meditation or something. And then the result, and I will feel. And how are you going to feel as a result of doing that? As a reminder to you to 
do something. So when you're feeling stressed, when you're feeling overwhelmed, what action are you going to take and how will you feel as a result of taking that action? We spoke about the importance of laughter. I shared some of my great TV shows that always give me a belly laugh and really improve my mood. We spoke about this idea as well of when you're feeling overwhelmed, and that's definitely something I can relate to. It happens to me quite a lot. I, I feel like I've got loads of loads, spinning loads of plates and loads of stuff going on. Um, but it's about standing back and, and thinking about what is one thing that I can do today? And what would I work on first? Again, similar to Nicole, we talked about taking micro breaks throughout the day and tracking our progress as well. So what have we completed? What accomplishments have we actually had? I loved how we rounded up the conversation on this idea of when you're feeling totally unmotivated and how you can shift your focus, not to you and your lack of motivation, but onto the people who you are going to be helping. And as I mentioned, that's one of the kind of hacks around imposter syndrome as well. It's putting the focus on the other person. Who is it you're serving? Who is it you're helping? And bringing the focus back to the other person rather than your own lack of motivation. So I will leave it there for today. I really hope you enjoyed today's episode. I'd love to know what you think. Let me know through social media, Instagram at happieratwork.ie, LinkedIn, Aoife O'Brien, A-O-I-F-E-O apostrophe B-R-I-E-N. I always feel like I need to spell that for any of the non-Irish speakers out there. All of these details are in the show notes anyway, if you want to click there and connect. And I look forward to speaking to you again next week. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Happier at Work podcast. I'm delighted to have you here. If you enjoyed this podcast, I'd love if you could rate or review the podcast or share it with a friend. You'll find me on the website happieratwork.ie.